Well, uh, 2021, especially the month of January and a new year, is uh, many times, and for many people, the year, the season of uh, resolutions. I don't know how many of y'all are resolutions people. I don't know how many people online are resolutions people, but I'm, I'm more of a every day I need a new resolution. I, 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 don't, I can't wait 12 months. I've got to have one every day, but uh, if you're a resolution person, that's great. I'm a list person. Uh, I like to have a list, a list of things that reflect the resolutions that God is calling me to have every single day. And uh, I don't know how many of y'all are lists. I've got lists uh, scattered throughout my offices. This is, uh, they're usually on uh, little uh, uh, three by five cards like this. Um, these lists uh, uh, are then transferred to my black books, and those black books then uh, begin to shape uh, my personal life, my r- relationships for my, with my wife and, and with my children and my uh, sons-in-law, my granddaughter. I, I, all these things begin to take shape, and they're born out of those lists. I make lists for uh, what I'm need to be doing as a pastor. I, I have lists and those lists. I, I came across some uh, lists that I made in January of 2020. <laughs> and God just laughed at that list, right? It just is funny. Uh, but I, I still am making lists and, and those lists begin to drive me toward where I think God is taking us as a church. So not just as a pastor, but I make a list for us as a family of faith. I, I make lists for our staff and, and those lists are are, are growing every day uh, for our staff. Thank you. Uh, but I make these lists because it helps me stay focused. I, I want us to make a list this morning, okay? So I want you to get ready, get out pen and paper and find some scratch pad. Uh, and uh, I, I want you to write down uh, what three to five things do you need in 2021 to ensure that you are filled with joy. Three to five things. What are three to five things that you need for joy to happen in 2021? Now, some lists are going to uh, have different things depending on where you're coming from in your life. I, I, again, I've already mentioned some of my lists are going to have uh, uh, things that I, I pray and I, I look for and I uh, long to support for my children, uh, whether they're uh, uh, my youngest to my oldest, married or still single, brand new parents, brand new bride and groom, all those things happen in 2020. There are lists. Uh, what, what do I need to do as a husband? What are the, what are the things that, that I need to do as a husband to bring joy, more joy in, in my relationship with my wife? I, well, what, are, what are the things that I need and, uh, in order to have joy, more joy in 2021? Well, what is that for you? Online here, uh, you're gathered with us. What, what, three to five things, what, what are those things? And hold on to that list. We're going to come back to it. Uh, if, if some of you would uh, try to make up my list, some of you would uh, go the real spiritual route. Oh, he needs to spend more time with God. That would make him joyful. And it's true, that would. Um, uh, some of you would, would be more uh, social media conscious. you say he needs more desserts. Uh, to find joy. Uh, some, some would be uh, more relationally oriented. It, 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 you know, he needs to be a more obedient husband and submit better to his wife, and that would be true as well. I, I'm not getting a lot of jokes. Are y'all laughing behind the masks? I, I can't tell. 
My wife would say, don't tell jokes, you're just not funny. Um, but anyway, I, I don't know what your list would be, but, but you need to hear from Scripture about what it takes to have joy that will never fade. Now, we, we need to hear from, from God's Word on how to experience joy that lasts, that soaks in our soul, even if the top five things on your list don't happen. What is it that Scripture tells us, teaches us, where we can have joy? Now, uh, some of us left joy behind in 2020, but it shouldn't be that way. I get it. I understand it. I've been there. I walked that path as well. But but as followers of Jesus, we live by a different list when it comes to joy and life and satisfaction and hope and purpose. We live by a different list. And even when circumstances aren't going our way, and even when the top three things that we think we need don't happen, as followers of Jesus, we still should be soaking in joy. Well, that's what John teaches us today in 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. We're beginning this series called Confident Living. And, and guys, I, I got to tell you, I need confident living. Uh, moving out of 2020 into 21, uh, I, I need confidence. A confidence in how I take the next step. Confidence in how I relate to you and you to me and, and how we as a church move forward. This family of faith, this wonderful family of faith. I need confidence as your pastor. I need confidence as a father. I need confidence as a husband. I, I need confidence. And First John helps us understand the glorious good news that we can have confident living even in an unstable world. Y'all know what bedrock is, don't you? If, if you've paid attention to what they do out here, uh, building the highway system out here that we endured for several years, whoop, we're done. Uh, but the, that highway system, and they had these big cranes, and they would pound into the dirt and pound into the dirt. What were they looking for? They were looking for bedrock. Uh, where they could sink these pillars that would hold up these tractor trailers and cars and, and traffic. Uh, they were looking for bedrock. And all the sand and the clay and the water and the gravel, uh, they had to get down below all those things to get to the bedrock because it was the bedrock that would hold up and provide a stable foundation uh, for the rest of the project. Now, you and I... Uh, we need to hit the bedrock when it comes to living our lives every day. Uh, we need to hit the bedrock. We need to move beyond the, the dirt and the clay and the gravel and the sand, and we need to get to the very foundation. If we're going to stand, if we're going to be confident, if we're going to have a certain joy, then we need to go down to the foundation of that joy. And the foundation of that joy is revealed here in the first four verses of 1 John. Listen to what John writes. He says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, 
The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, verse 4, and these things, everything he wrote, verse 1 through 3, and these things we write to you that your joy may be full. So when we look at these first four verses, here's what John's getting at. He's saying he, he wants us to experience the foundation for certain joy. Now look at your list. In, in your list of three to five things, this is what I need to have joy. And certainly those things are probably good, definitely not bad necessarily, but they won't give you certain joy. We need a joy that's going to last even when things go haywire. We need a joy that gives us strength and courage, and it all depends upon what we're placing our confidence in. Now listen to this. The things upon which we place our confidence are the things that give us joy or strength or courage. If we place our confidence in uh, politics, and that's going to give us confidence. If I, if I just get the right thing and the right person in the right place, then I'm going to have confidence, and that confidence is going to give me joy. Can I tell you it doesn't always work out like that? I'm not telling you anything. You know that. You put your confidence in a politician. Make no mistake, that politician is going to let you down. It's not just politicians. It's pastors, too. Oh, if, 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 if Pastor Eric would just wear that jacket every week with that open-collared shirt, I would have joy. Seriously. But we behave like that sometimes. Oh, I don't have joy because the preacher's not wearing a jacket. Really? That, that's what gives you joy? You need different definitions for joy. As long as the pastor does what I want him to do or does what he, I think he ought to do or does what, even what the Scripture says he should do, I'll have joy. And, and, and the truth is, as, as good as I am, I'm going to let you down. Just write that, write that in your margin of your Bible. If your confidence is in a pastor or a politician or any person, then your joy will be tied to that person, that pastor or that politician. And that politician or that pastor or that person will not be able to produce in you the joy that lasts. We need something better. If we place our confidence in our finances, a stimulus check, Oh, that's good as long as the finances last. But we've lived through enough upturns and downturns in the economy to know that sometimes those finances drift. Do you have joy even when your bank account is empty? 
You see, as followers of Jesus, we should. And you're saying, oh, that doesn't make sense. How can we have joy? When our confidence is in Jesus, who is the bedrock, the foundation, when our confidence is in Jesus, we will have certain joy. Regardless of circumstances, regardless what's in the bank account, regardless of how I behave, regardless of of, of what's happening in your relationships, regardless of what's happening in Washington, D.C., we can have joy, and that's where we need to be. You see, as followers of Jesus, we signed up for it this way. As followers of Jesus, we said, Jesus is my life. He is the source of everything that I need. He is the foundation of my life. And when we came to Christ with that declaration, the Lord of my life, he's my savior, he's my rescuer, he's my king, he's my Lord. When we came to Christ and entered into a relationship with him, we signed up for this. No matter what happens around me, I find my joy in Jesus. He is my confidence. So what we need to look at is how that takes shape here. Now you have a list and and again, I'm not dogging your list. My list would have Snickers on it for sure. But, but I'm not dogging on your list. I'm just saying we need to peel back that list a little bit and see how we can have joy even when numbers 1, 2, and 3 on my list don't match up to reality. How can you have joy? Can you? Is it possible? And I would say absolutely it's possible. So what was John saying? See, John gives us a list here. What do we need to have joy? A joy that soaks in our soul every single day. What do we need to have joy? The first thing is we need to have God if we're going to have joy. We we need God. And that's what John hits at in verse 1. He said, uh, this is what happened at the beginning, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Now, what's, what, all those words, what does that mean? Well, if you go over to John chapter 1, verse 1, by the way, the guy who wrote the gospel of John is the same guy who wrote the letters of John. It's the same guy who wrote the book of Revelation. Singular. There is no such thing as the book of Revelations. That's not a thing. It's the book, just so you know, this is me just chasing a rabbit. It's the book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. Okay. John the Apostle, he had a brother. His name was James. He was a follower of Jesus in John's gospel. He's called the beloved disciple. Uh, He followed after Jesus, and he was probably the oldest living uh, disciple of Jesus or apostle of Jesus. Uh, He probably lived longer than any of the others. Um, This is the guy who wrote this. And and John chapter 1, verse 1 is similar to 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. You remember what John chapter 1, verse 1 said? It said, in the beginning, you see the connection there, 1 John 1, 1? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning, from the very beginning of time, Jesus is and always has been God. In John chapter 1, verse 14, we hear about the incarnation. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. 
This is the key for you and for me, tasting joy regardless our circumstances. Jesus, who is the Word, brings God to us and brings us to God. It is Jesus who is God. The bedrock foundational statement of who we are as followers of Jesus. Jesus is God. And because he is God and became flesh and bone and dwelt among us, and we saw the glory of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth, because we heard him teach uh, 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 life-changing truths, because we uh, saw how he raised the dead and how he healed the sick, because we handled him after he died upon a cross for sinners like you and me and was raised from the dead and then he walked among us and we handled his his uh, resurrected hand because of Jesus we now have friendship with God you and I we know this to be true that if we're going to have joy we need God the only way we can get God is through Jesus In John chapter 14 again Jesus said it this way he said he said I am the way the truth and the life, no one comes to the Father but by me. If we want God, then we need Jesus. He's the only way for us to get to God. But here's the question, does it really matter? In a survey, uh, uh, a survey that was taken, a global survey by Pew Research uh, in 2019, they surveyed 34 countries and they ask questions about religion and about God and, and that kind of thing. And they discovered that globally, 61% of the people they surveyed believed that God was essential to their life. You think about that. 61% globally believed that God was essential to their life. I wonder what that percentage would be in our church. Is God essential to your life? I, I wonder if we turn that survey around a little bit, how much of your day is marked by God being essential in your life? Two hours a day? Five, six, ten, twelve? See, as followers of Jesus, I believe that the one of the reasons we freak out when bad things happen and we don't have any confidence in our daily life and we certainly live not in joy but in fear is because we're only spending six out of ten hours acting like God is essential in our lives. Oh, we would say, we come to church and we say, yes, if I'm going to have joy, I need God. But how much of your life is marked by needing God? Here's what the psalmist said. Psalm chapter 16, uh, beginning of verse 8. Listen to how he, how he described it. He said, I have set the Lord always before me. That always is bigger than 60%. That always is bigger than 90%. That always is 100%. He said, I have set the Lord always before me. Now, here's the result. 
because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh flesh also rests in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Verse 11, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Do you want to know how to have joy? You need God. You need that intimate relationship and fellowship with God so that he is constantly and persistently at your right hand. Are you living your life, practicing the presence of God in your life? Are you spending your days and the hours of your days and the minutes of your days and the seconds of your days As followers of Jesus, are you spending them thinking, God, you're at my right hand. God, you are with me. See, Jesus is the word who gives life. He is the one who has come to bring us into friendship with God so that we might live in the fullness of joy. You want joy in your life, you need God. The only way to get to God is through Jesus. That's the first on the list. We need God to have joy. The second on the list is we need a satisfied life to have joy. Now, this gets to your list a little bit, I think. Um, Again, if you were to look at at your top three or five things, these are the things that are going to give me joy. They probably reflect some things that, that will mark your life as satisfied. These are the things that are going to feed your soul. These are the things that are going to, going to make you sing a song or dance a jig. These are the things that, that give you. And again, there's nothing wrong with that, but we need to peel back the layer. How do you get a satisfied life? How do you get uh, this life that is satisfying? A life without any hunger for your soul. How do you get there? Well, that's really what what John's getting at. He calls Jesus the word of life, and that of life means that Jesus is the one who delivers life. Now, life is more than mere existence. Life is the sustaining, soul-shaping, satisfying life, way of life that we have as followers of Jesus. Do you realize that because you're a follower of Jesus, you have the capacity to live a satisfied life even when unsatisfying things happen to you. Did did you realize that? In fact, the whole of Scripture speaks to us about this reality that we are to be a people who are satisfied even when death comes knocking at the door. We are a people who are satisfied even when relationships sour. We are a people who are to be satisfied even when uh, the governments topple or, uh, uh, or there's rioting in the streets. We are a people who are satisfied because the source of our satisfaction is not our circumstance. The source of our satisfaction 
satisfaction is the bedrock. His name is Jesus. And we must turn to him and trust in him to find joy. You remember, this is what he promised. He said, John chapter 10, verse 10, he said, The thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. He's talking about satisfaction, a life without any missing pieces. He said, whoever follows me, whoever believes in me will never hunger or thirst again. He's talking about satisfaction. Do you realize that when we walk hand in hand with Jesus and we follow him obediently and we, we, we listen to what he says and, and we see who he is and we look upon what he has done and we declare to others who he is, then we will be living a satisfied life. I wonder if one of the reasons why we're so dissatisfied as followers of Jesus is because we're looking for something other than Jesus to satisfy us. I, I, we joked about this earlier, if you're gathering with us online before uh, we came on, I, I was talking, we, we joked a little bit about the Dallas Cowboys um, and their potential opportunity to go to the uh, playoffs and then eventually to the Super Bowl. I don't think anybody mentioned the Super Bowl, but I did. For them to go to the playoffs, they've got to beat the New York Giants in a few hours, and they've got to see the Washington Redskins lose uh, to whoever they're playing. No, I'm sorry, the Washington football team. Man, I blew that. Um, but anyway, uh, as, as, we're, as we were talking about that, I would be happy if the Cowboys went to the playoffs to lose in the first wild card game. I would be happy. Um, but would that satisfy me? Well, no. Not, not even in the least. That wouldn't satisfy me. We're looking for satisfaction in places and with people that could never sustain us, nourish our soul. But Jesus does, and he can. If you want to live a satisfied life, it's not going to be found because you're in uh, the perfect relationship. There's no such thing. If you're going to have a satisfied life, it's not because uh, you have the perfect job. There's no such thing. If you're going to have a satisfied life, it's not because you have the perfect boss. There's no such thing. A satisfied life happens beyond those circumstances. Snickers are great, but they don't really satisfy you. Today, you want joy in your life? You need a life that's satisfying. The only way to get a satisfying life is Jesus. So, on John's list, if we're going to have joy regardless of circumstances in 2021, we need God. Uh, we need a satisfying life. Both of those can only happen when we surrender ourselves to Jesus, humble ourselves before Him, follow after Him, obey Him. What else do we need? 
Well, we need fellowship to have joy. Now, I want you to look at verse 3. In verse 3, uh, uh, John says, That which we have seen and heard we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Uh, a Harvard study uh, that spanned about 80 years uh, began, uh, this study began in the 1930s, and it, uh, sir, it, it followed the life of uh, almost 300 uh, Harvard people. Uh, they were uh, students at Harvard in the 30s, and then it followed their life, and it, it kind of uh, evaluated the kind of life that they had. And, and today, there are only 19 of those from the original study that are still living. Now, these are uh, men. They were all men. These are men uh, who uh, lived through, they were born during the Great Depression. They lived through and served in World War II, some of them even in the Korean War. Uh, they navigated the craziness of the 60s and 70s. They survived that greed is good in the 80s and the 90s. By the 2000s, they were entering their retirement years. And this is what the survey found. After 80 years, what was it that produced joy in their lives? And one of the surprising aspects wasn't physical health. It wasn't even emotional health. It was relational care. They said that if you care for your relationships, it produces joy. Even when the money dries up and even when your friends die, there's joy when you take care of your relationships. You know, you and I were built. We were wired to have community with God and wired to have community with one another. And that's what John's getting at in verse 3. He's saying, uh, uh, we're telling you about Jesus so that you can have fellowship with us. But that fellowship springs from a relationship with God. If we're going to have joy, we need to have a relationship with God, but also we need to have a relationship with one another. Do you realize that God designed this church to be family to you and me? Family. I wonder how much joy we lose because we don't treat each other like family. Here's my concern, not just with our church, but with the American church in general. My concern is that we treat church like a restaurant, a place we go and we eat, and if the service is good and if the meal is tasty, then I will come back and pay my dues. But if someone doesn't smile when I want them to smile, or if someone uh, doesn't give me the steak at just the right temperature, or if, if the green beans are served when I've asked explicitly many, 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 many times, don't give me any green beans, the minute that happens, my patronage of the restaurant stops. I don't go there anymore. I'm going to go for another restaurant somewhere else. And we call that church. Because that's how many of us treat church. We treat it like a place where we walk in and we pay our dues and we expect people to 
smile at us and not frown and give us exactly the morsels that we want the way we want them. And, and if you don't do all the things that I want you to do, then I stop going to that church. Can I humbly suggest that the reason some of us lack joy in our daily life is because we're not living in covenant loyalty to a family of faith. We're treating the church like a restaurant, not like the family that God has planted us into. You know how family is. In family, and many of you all are just surviving the family atmosphere that you uh, had over the holidays. In the family, there's always the drunk uncle, right? Now, always. And if you say, my family doesn't have a drunk uncle, chances are it's you. (laughs) You know, the person that is always kind of grinding on people's nerves, the person that uh, never gets their way and always complains, or the person that is, uh, for some reason, always crying, you know, whatever it is. Uh, it's that person that, that requires extra grace, but he's family. He's not a spectator. He's family. So what do we do? We surround him. Uh, we cover his foibles. We love on him. We tolerate bad behavior sometimes because he's family. We don't uninvite him. We don't say, I'm never going to another event at my parents' house because Bill's going to be there. No, it's family. You realize that the church is supposed to be family, not not a consumer location where we just show up or leave when the music's right or the sermon's at the right length. No, this is family. We've entered into covenant relationship together. And God looks upon you as my brother and you as my sister and me as your brother. We're family. And we are called to love one another. We're called to surround one another with strength. We're called to bear one another's burdens. We're called to greet one another with a holy kiss, with masks on. We're called to bear up with one another. We're called to forgive one another. We're called to extend grace to one another. We're called to help each other grow. We're called to be instruments of joy in each other's lives, and it's all built upon our relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about that more as the days go forward as we look further into 1 John, but I I want you to understand that If you want joy in 2021, you need the fellowship. Fellowship with God and fellowship of your family here at First Norfolk. And that's really what Jesus is getting at again in John chapter 15. And just just again, let let me read John 15 because it's so important for us to understand the expectation of Jesus for us to find joy that never fades regardless of our circumstances. Okay, so John chapter 15, beginning in verse 9. Now listen again to what Jesus says. He says, as the Father has loved me, I've also loved you. Sink the roots of your soul deep 
into my love. If you keep my commandments, you will sink the roots of your soul deep in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy might remain in you and the full flavor of joy might soak in your soul. Now, this is my commandment, that you love one another, even as I have loved you. No greater love has anyone than this than to lay down one's life for his friend. This is the model of fellowship that we have with God the Father and with each other. So go back to your list and see. Peel back the layers of the things that you thought you needed to have joy. And over top your list, make sure that you have God as essential. That you have a satisfying life found with Jesus at the center of it. And that you have the fellowship with God and with each other. You mark that out as your goals for 2021. And you will have joy every single day. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Some gathered with us, even either in the room or online, perhaps you would say, Pastor, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't have a friendship with God. I don't have a relationship with God, and I don't know how to get it. I, I get that Jesus is the only way to get God, but I haven't, I haven't figured that out yet. Today, I would just encourage you to see who Jesus is. And Jesus is God, and he became flesh and bone. He was on a mission to bring forgiveness to sinners like you and me. The way he accomplished that forgiveness is through his death on the cross in your place and for your sin. It is that death on the cross that paid the price of your sin's debt. Jesus died on the cross not for crimes that he had committed, but for the crimes that you have committed against the holiness of God. So, the Bible tells us because of what Jesus did, we can find forgiveness. Now, how do we get hold of that forgiveness? It's when we turn from all the pursuits that we think are going to make us right with God and trust only in the finished work of Jesus on a cross. It's when we look to the cross of Christ and we see our sin hanging there with Him. It's when we turn from our sin and when we trust in Jesus as our only hope to find family with God. When we turn from our sin and we trust in Jesus, the Bible says that we are forgiven and rescued. We come into friendship with God. Now, if that's your heart's desire, I invite you to pray a prayer 
Nothing magical about the words, but if your heart is leaning into, I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I need Jesus to forgive my sin. I need Jesus so I can get to God. I need Jesus to have a satisfied life. I need Jesus to find fellowship with God and with others. If that's where you are, I invite you to cry out to God in this way. Oh God, I admit that I'm a sinner and my sin has separated me from you. I believe that you sent Jesus to rescue me, that he died for my sin upon a cross and that he was raised from the dead to give me a new life. So I believe on Jesus and I trust in him. And I pray, oh God, that you would bring me into your family right now as I turn from my sin and I trust in Christ. If you prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you in the next few moments to text Jesus to the number on the screen, or you can email pastor at firstnorfolk.org. And we want to walk with you through these first steps as a follower of Jesus. For others in the room and online, you're already followers of Christ, but here's the question. Are you letting God have his way in your life? Are you looking to Jesus as the source of your joy? Are you submitted to his rule over you? Are you trusting in substitutes that can never produce lasting joy in your life? If you are, then today I invite you, even as we sing this next song, I invite you to turn to Jesus. Take him by the hand and commit yourself to cling to him that he might have his way in your life and lead you step by step to a satisfying joy. Now, Father, speak. We will listen. By your Spirit, compel us, and we will follow. Nourish our hearts and our souls with joy today. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.